Blog Talk Radio. Now listening to the Talking Pictures podcast, broadcasting from sunny Orange County, California. Filmmaker, journalist, and film historian Paul Booth. Aloha, welcome to Talking Pictures. I'm your host. Well, actually, not today. I'm just going to be sitting here listening, enjoying the show. Today is episode 275. We are so thankful for that. We are thankful to be joined by our guests. Are you with us, Katie? I am. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us and doing this. Uh, We highly appreciate it. Um, We also want to thank Newport Beach Film Festival is how we uh, discovered this film initially, and also our other friends who are involved with the film. And then we have the guest host today who will be running this episode, uh, my mother, Carolyn Booth, who's also one of the producers of the podcast. Carolyn, are you with us? Yes, I am. Excellent. Well, here's what I'm going to do, which is usually what I don't do as a host, is I'm going to be quiet, and you guys, let's enjoy some conversation about Katie's film, Seeing is Believing, Women Direct, and whatever else comes up. Enjoy, ladies. I'll be right here listening. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Hi, Katie. Hey, how are you? I'm pretty good. How about you? I'm very good, Carolyn. Nice to be chatting with you. Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm really looking forward to this. I. Um, this is um, a real exciting time for me. I actually want to share something uh, to let you know what you what you mean to me and what your movement and what your voice has done for me. Um, I met you almost a year ago. And yeah. um, I, I turned 60 this year, so it was a big milestone for me. And I found myself Congrats. not being as inspired as I used to be, you know, to do the things that I wanted to do or that were important or I didn't even really know what that was. Mm. And um, I got to go to your screening because I was there to support my son. And then I met some of your friends and we talked about how she said, well, just paint. If that's what you want to do, paint. And I've been painting all year. It's just so exciting. And I actually, mm. someone actually purchased a, a, a painting. And so, so what I want to say to you is that I really, really appreciate what you're doing and how you're doing it. And even mm. though I'm not in the film business or that that's my background, to just mm-hmm. know that you're giving uh, women an opportunity to have a voice to mm-hmm. say what they need to say at any given moment. So thank you for mm-hmm. that. No, you're welcome. I'm I'm thrilled that that is how this has has touched you. How the film has has spoken to you. I think that's fantastic. I I couldn't be happier. Well, and I wanted I wanted to ask you because um, I got to do a little bit of. Uh, uh, research on you and, and, you know, found out some wonderful things. I mean, first of all, you're just hilarious. I saw the Susie, the, the da 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 homemaker and Oh my God, I was just laughing. I was like, this is really funny. And, um, and, and it, I mean, it was funny. It was entertaining. It was creative. It was inspiring. I mean, you Aww. just, you were just cracking me up. So what, what I'd like to know is, is how do you how do you um, gear it? I don't want to say gear it down, but how did you go from all this expansive creativity that you have to focus and know that this is what you wanted to speak at now in this point of your career? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it's kind of a long story, so I'll try to make it not too boring. Um, <laughs> No, that's okay. Uh, I, start... is... I want to hear it. <laughs> okay. Um, as you know, I was a child actor, and uh, we moved to New York when I was 17 from Los Angeles. And um, in my early 20s, um, I started studying um, directing 
with a fellow named Kurt Dempster at Ensemble Studio Theater. He'd come to my acting uh, class, uh, which was more than just a single class. It was really a whole school called um, the Michael Howard Studios to to do a workshop, a long workshop with um, some students who'd signed up for it. And in that class, I discovered this exact thing that we're talking about is the, the, uh, a place where I could have a voice. Because certainly with acting, it is uh, you, you put your creativity through the voice of the writer, and you're guided by the voice of the director. But it's not your Correct. individual specific voice, right? You're pretending to be somebody else. And so when I discovered that, it was just revelatory for me and, and really thrilling. And um, unfortunately, my mom had been very sick for starting when I was 17. She was her beginning of her eight-year journey with cancer and uh, it had gotten to the point where she was so sick that I um, took the soap to work to make money so I could take care of her. Oh, and, um, bless, bless yeah. your heart. Yeah, I was fortunate that I had the energy uh, to mm-hmm. do that yes, and the mm-hmm. opportunities um, to to audition to, for certain, enough jobs that there was an opportunity for me to, to fit into this world and, and make a living so that I could do that. So very grateful for that. Um, but uh, she was very scared about the idea of me going off and pursuing a, a career in directing because it meant a lot of things. It meant, uh, you know, the income would become less guaranteed and uh, what if I failed and, you know, are women really being um, accepted there in, in soaps? It's certainly, especially at that time, you know, it was the it was the platform where women were told this is where you have a voice, this is a woman's medium, this is a place where characters were given more agency and were more active in their choices as opposed to being reactive, um, you know, participant partners for what were what were usually male narratives in film and sometimes in theater, um, but definitely for sure in film and television um, at that time. And uh, so, you know, she had a point. She had a point. She, I, I had agreed. I had made a commitment uh, to take care of her. And going off on this other path was going to be breaking that commitment, basically. And so I agreed to not pursue it. And, and that was painful, <laughs> to say the least. That was yes, because you're, you're kind of like, you're kind of doing what, you're, you're kind of doing to yourself what women of that generation had to live through. You had to kind of put yourself aside to mm-hmm. do, to, you know, to help somebody, somebody else, else. especially, yeah, yeah. take care of someone else, and especially your mother. I mean, that's the person that's the vehicle of why you're even here, you know, so. Right. Um, it was like having a child. It was, without a doubt, yeah. I was the mother and she was the child, and we would joke about that at that time, but it was. Right, right, it was, was right. Full responsibility of, of, of another human being, which is very much what being a parent is, and. So, um, uh, well, but it also, it also lends to what a great platform she or foundation she gave to you that had you do that for her. Cause not, let's face it, not everybody is that, um, grounded or nurturing to be able to do what you did. And so that says a lot about mm. her, her character and how, what she gave yeah. to you, you know, and, and plus it's kind of like moms, don't they know these things where you, you, you have that was a great learning lesson for you and a great mm. um, uh, platform for you to build on what you do now. Right. Well, very much so. And it's interesting that you say that um, that she somehow or other put in this the skills and ability and strength and and love in me to be able to turn around and take care of her because it's true. It's uh, and it's twofold though. I have to say, and and somewhat ironic in a certain way, um, the twofold part of it is. On the one hand, you know, as I, I was a child actor, she drove me to all these auditions. She, um, you know, did not take a job but was, you know, working to, to take, you know, take care of me. Uh, that was her job with me. Um, and right. the kind of flip, there's two, actually, two sides of it. One side of it is that I found out years later, I had no, I had no idea that this was happening, but the money that I made as a child was supporting my family. So that was something that mm-hmm. it was 
I was I was her job <laughs> on the on the one hand, um, right, but on the other right, hand, right. she she was also an artist in her own right, and she was sub pushing down her own pursuit of her own painting and her own work, and she was a painter and um and her own pursuit of her creativity, and that watching that woman, my mother, go through the denial of her own art and the denial of her own voice, even if it was to support me, um, and then watching her get sick and struggle and try to just grab on to whatever time she had to enjoy the pursuit of her own painting and her own voice had a profound effect on me and probably more than anything affected me um, uh, to create in, the, in what became the creation and the drive to make this film where I'm really trying to make a huge um, impact on uh, a lot of women, you know, and try to make sure that they don't have that experience of having a denied voice. Wow. You know, um, I, I, in listening to you in this moment, I just realized too that she, um, she hasn't been here through your journey because obviously she, she passed and, I would right. just, I can only imagine what she must think or feel or believe, and she must be just so proud of you. She must Aww, be so proud. You know, she, fortunately, she was able to tell me that when I was young, and I even had it on a um, uh, cassette, which, of course, somehow or other managed to deteriorate, but I had her voice on that cassette telling me that she was proud oh, of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really great, and I listened to it a lot after she died, and you know, it was, she knew, you know, I mean, that was the sort of the sad part of it all is that she knew that she was, sorry, that she was going, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I really am so honored that you uh, are sharing this with us because I really believe that um, it's something that you feel. It's, it's something that I have hard time finding for words like I was sharing earlier the story about being inspired by the work. It's not just about women being in a position of directing. It's about women being in a position of being able to, at any given moment, speak their truth. You know, right. to say, to say yes, when yes, to say no, when no, to say, mm. I don't like it and not feel like they're being uh, judged because let's face it. I mean, I, in, when I grew up in, in, you know, I grew up in the 70s, and I look back on it now, and some of my childhood friends, you know, we kind of did this thing where everybody was friends, and you did their thing, and you had fun together and stuff, but then as we got older, and we started speaking our own truth or our voice, mm-hmm. you started, they started judging each other, and I was like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. we need to, we need to hold hands as we grow, not, not point fingers, you know, mm-hmm. so... Mm-hmm. I think that um, that's what, to me, what I got out of your film was, um, you know, sharing and, and giving mm. each other the support and mentorship and empowering each other. Like like you said, mm-hmm. I, I think I heard you say once, um, you know, if you have something to share with someone, if you have the equipment and they don't have the equipment, then you share it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the right thing to do. Right, right. You know, it's a funny and, thing. Um, I, talk, I talk a lot about um, what a our culture um, is right now, which is we really, really are more of a capitalistic culture than we're focusing. Yes. And we're focusing on being mm-hmm. a capitalistic culture than we are focusing on being a, a democratic culture, which puts those values and, um, you know, ethics before money, you know. And, of course, you know, what what's happening with money affects uh, how we respond to creativity and, creativity wise and, and culturally. And um, so for example, like my husband was just saying, wow, as we're becoming for the young people, it's becoming more and more of a gig economy where you just kind of go from gig to gig and you just kind of survive and you're never quite able to save enough money to actually put the down payment on the house. So you live right, in like right. shared, right. Shared housing and you, you know, people have shared office space and what that creates is well, people start to go like, well, what do we value if we can't ever, we're not living the middle class, you know, get a house and have a kid kind of dream like that dream isn't existing so much for, for the millennials. Um, they start to look at becoming um, 
more focusing on social movement. Like here's where we can have purpose. Here was, here's where we can have effect and make a difference um, and expand. And what does that mean to us as, uh, as human beings, you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing to contemplate. Um, and when it comes to women, which I think is what we were talking about to get really to dig, dig, dig into that, which I think is fascinating, of course, and it's why I've done this film. It's about uh, how having opportunity or not having opportunity affects us um, culturally as women. So when there is opportunity, you know, I always say the, the smaller the bone, the bigger the fight. When there's not a lot of opportunity, you're going to have women fighting each other. When there is a lot of opportunity and acceptance that, hey, yeah, come on in here. You're welcome. Join the club. Um, then you have a much more sense of community and creativity and possibility and sharing. Um, so the fact that there has been less opportunity has had something to do for the reason why women can, not all women, but certainly some women can become more withholding or judgmental or um, frightened, you know, it's that sense of, Elizabeth Winkler Gladder says it all the time, you know, if there, there's only room for one, then it better be me. That kind of thinking, right. you know? Yeah, that, that kind of thinking. And, you know, it's interesting because when I was, when I was thinking about uh, powerful women in Hollywood, since, you know, you're, I put you in that category, you're, you're, this is your <laughs> you. profession, you know, the entertainment business, and you, and you do have a very strong voice, and, and you've been, you've been through many uh, varieties of artistry in not just film you do other things mm-hmm. also but what I wanted to, what I wanted to ask you about was I had researched this woman and I I'm, I I hope I get her name correctly Alice Guy I think is her name and she's Alice one of the Blaché. first yeah, yeah I know Alice exactly what you're talking about yes yeah and and I thought to myself I thought you know how come this was over a hundred years ago how how did this happen? How did how did a hundred years ago of a woman that that felt like she could use her voice or did use her voice, and then mm. I realized well because she bought her own studio, you know she pro- mm. she had to she did the whole thing right. So how mm-hmm. did we get from how did we get from that to this now where where it it appears to me as an outsider mm-hmm. that there are mm-hmm. a lot of strong talented women. And I, you know, there's, there's the ones that people know uh, uh, that are very popular, but how do we get from, from then through the sprinkling to now? I mean, how did that happen? Is it, is it back to the money conversation? It is absolutely. And what's interesting is in the silent era, it was about 50, 50 for uh, women directors and versus male directors because the, the job and the, industry itself wasn't considered something that was like a huge money-making opportunity. It was sort of like, oh, this is a cute little pastime. And oh, right, right. Like a little, yeah, exactly. A pastime. Right. And the, uh, or a hobby for, you know, the lady. (laughs) 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 Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I often say this too, you know, where there is money and where there is um, uh, a sense of people uh, status, thinking that there's an opportunity to get a great deal of status, you'll also find aggression, an enormous amount of aggression. And uh, I think what happened is when suddenly people, many people started to realize that the films were uh, an opportunity to for, for great uh, wealth and commerce, um, the banks and people who controlled, um, in, you know, who would be invest, you know, to create bigger films and make more money off of bigger films. Um, uh, they saw women culturally as, you know, the little women, the mothers who were practicing their hobby or just living on the outskirts or as, it, as, as if it, what they were doing was something that was an exception um, to their usual lives as being a wife and right. mother. And so yeah, the, they the other were, things too, the housekeeper, the whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, Oh, well, that's yeah. just something she decided to get really busy on. And, and it was just like a overall, I would say a general kind of lack of, of respect, you know, when it came to right, right. person, human being in this body, you know, and, and what that represented in the culture. I mean, you know, we have to remember like women were just, just won the vote, you know, um, not, oh, exactly. not long after I, that I, period. So, 
Yeah, I was at a um, I was at a, a museum recently. In fact, it was a couple of days ago. I was because I'm back in uh, the Midwest right now. I was at an Indiana mm-hmm. museum and um, ran across this wonderful exhibit about a woman that you know in Indiana that was just really pressing for the vote. And I thought, you know, mm-hmm. I I don't. I don't mean to take I I don't take it for granted that that's a privilege and a right and a and a uh, I mean that I that someone worked hard so that I could do that. Mm. What I what I do don't what I get frustrated with is that as hard as women have worked for things that sometimes it seems like it can it it can go we don't want the pendulum to swing the opposite way to where it's it's us and them. Kind of mm-hmm. thing. Does that make sense? Oh, what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what I worked really hard in my film to create. It is absolutely not enough in them. I mean, the, um, uh, I the like that about brothers. That. There was no, yeah, mm-hmm. there wasn't any bashing there. That, speaking of, I wanted to ask you this. I want to change the direction just a little bit here. Um, mm. When you were in, when you were interviewing the different uh, women directors for your film, um, mm-hmm. Did you did you start out that you wanted to have this film? Did it look like this in the beginning, or what did it look like to you? Like, what was your what what was motivating you to do this film? I know we talked about it a little bit, but tell me about finding sure. the actual people in the film. Were there people you knew, or people you didn't know, or? Sure. Yeah. the um, The process was pretty funny. Um, I went into it rather naively and. I, uh, I researched cameras. I thought, well, how hard could this be to make a documentary, really? It's kind of like I said to Paul, what, a podcast, what do you mean? You just have to push a button on the on the computer, you know? <laughs> right. How hard can it be? I know, I know. La, la, la. Mm. Okay. And uh, anyway. Yeah, so well, you understand then. And, you know, I had, I had, you know, talked to a friend who was a producer who had made some documentaries and she sent me a budget. And I said, there's no way it's going to cost that much money. No way. Here's what I'll do. You know, I'll just shoot 90% of it myself and I'll do the lighting. I can, I've lit myself for auditions. I can do that. And I can do the sound. Look, here's a lav, you know, a, what's a little, I've been an actress on wearing these little lavalier microphones and you just hook it up to the camera. It's no problem. So, you know, that was really silly because um, I ended up doing so, so, so much work. I saved a lot of money, but I did so much work that it was ridiculous and was very, very exhausted by that. And um, But the, the joy of it and the upside was the process in which I um, had these interviews, which were kind of like this. It's very one-on-one. There's not a lot of people around. There's no distraction. And so... The interviewer um, can ask questions, and the interviewee can feel free to uh, to speak um, on you know fluidly, and not so be so worried about how they're being lit or where they need to sit or whether they're sitting up straight, you know that sort of thing, and um, feeling less sort of like a, like the object in front of the gun, <laughs> which is ca- a camera can right. feel like you know yeah. the thing pointed at you. Um, oh, I, did, I just, yeah, I, did, I don't know, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a very um, intimidating machine sometimes, but it can also be uh, something that, like, um, like a tape recorder in a weird way, kind of uh, some people respond to it as the third eye or, you know, this kind of godlike energy that makes them feel much more comfortable to speak or to be more intimate in front of the camera than they might if the camera wasn't rolling, so... I also experienced that, which was cool. But how I found the women to get to that part of your question was um, I really started with people I knew. And I started with a stage manager who had directed a play I had seen in New York and that was incredibly moving, a piece of Japanese theater. And that had been one of the first moments in the 90s where I realized women could create these you know, visionary pieces of work. And I was so impressed with that. And so I was like, hey, Penny, you know, like, hey, can I, can I shoot you? And what are you working on now? And and she said yes. And, awesome. So asking, you know, yeah, just asking. Just asking people I knew. And I just kind of was going through my Rolodex and who directed me? And, you know, just kind of kept going and going. And then I, my husband had, uh, he's a filmmaker too, and he'd been at the uh, St. Louis Emerging Directors. Um, I always forget what it's called. It's sort of like five emerging directors that all get chosen in a, kind of a special competition for the five of them. And they're treated specially at the festival and really great. And anyway, he was 
part of that. And another one of uh, two other women who were also in that were Mira Menon and um, Nicole Gomez Fisher, and they both said yes. And so um, it was just a matter of getting my camera to wherever people were. And so I brought all my gear to New York and shot a lot of people in New York. And then I had a friend who was Shauna Betts, who was in um, New Orleans, and I flew to New Orleans, and then there were people here in L.A., and so I dragged it all around L.A., and then it was back to New York, and then it was to London. I shot and with Sarah um, Gavron. I actually, that was one of the few times I wrote one of their, uh, one of the agents um, to say, hey, you know, would you consider, like, on the outside chance, I had seen her um, film Suffragette, and I was just so blown away by it, and also by the way she speaks. She's really a, a fluent and fluid speaker, and um, of the English language, which I sometimes am and sometimes am not. <laughs> and uh, um, so, you know, they said, Sarah says, yes, if you can come to London. Right now she's in this American tour with Suffragette, and it's really hard. So I was like, okay, I can get to London. I'll, I can do that. So um flew to London and shot Sarah Gavron. And, um, and that was wonderful. And um, then a friend would say, hey, you know, I know um, – Kimberly McCullough said, I know Leslie Gaglatter, you know, let me ask her for you. And so she said yes. And then Kimberly and I went together and, and shot Kimberly, or since shot Leslie, and, and kind of on and on like that, you know. One woman right. would say, you know, and then then a woman often would say, hey, you know who you should talk to? And they would give me a, the name and number and connect me with them. And so it was kind of like a kind of a domino effect. And yeah, not just from who well, you yeah. knew, but who, who you could share with the next person. Well, so that that's brings correct. me, like, say say there's a person that's, uh, you know, she's there's a woman out there that wants to do something creative, but she doesn't have the courage. Where do you, where, where what can you say to her to get her to ha- to find that courage to, to take that step out? Mm. Well, you know, it kind of brings us back to that one point about, um, and I do want to kind of touch back on that because it is really important. The, the issue of pointing fingers and blame and the men and la, la, la. Really, what I always say is this. There's an agreement that happened, you know. There was an agreement that happened in a point in time where women agreed to be less than, their, than everything that they could be. And maybe there was an enormous amount of discouragement, you know, and, and for them to not speak or not, you know, follow their own dreams. But ultimately, the individual has to look at themselves in the light of their own experience in their own life and say, what was my agreement? What, did I, what was I told that I agreed to? And using myself as an example, you know, at certain times I was told I had to be responsible or I was told mm-hmm. um, I had to make money or I was told that I would only make money when I was young uh, or I was told my youth was all that mattered uh, and that as I got older I would become less valuable in society. And I went into agreement with that and therefore made choices right. from those ideas. And making choices from those ideas was my decision. It was no one else's decision. And so um, it was not disagreeing with ideas that I really did disagree with deeply. And that's what made me unhappy. And that's what made me unable to be uh, doing the kind of art that I truly wanted to be doing. And because I understand that now, that's what I would say to women. And what I, I'm trying to say with this film is, like, it's absolutely okay that you fell into a kind of um, agreement or understanding based on the information you were given. You know, when, they're, when you're not shown with other women doing this, it's really hard to believe that you can. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And, and it's just like right? and starting from from, you know, square one, like if if somebody wants to be a director, but they've never even at a set, you can, you know, you can. I think it also is going to be meaning that women need to start on all levels of it. You know, there needs to be, I think, more women in crews. And I, and I don't and I'm just talking off the top of my head. I don't even know how many what that what those statistics are. Well, but when you're you right, they're not good. Go to movies. <laughs> yeah, when you go to movies and you see the names, you see you know a lot of these male names, so it's just kind of like mm. women need to understand that they can do this too. They can carry, you know, some of this equipment. They can lug around sure. a camera. They can, you know, sure. make decisions or give an input or, you know, write their experience. So I, right. I I'm really glad that we that we had this time and um, I hope oh, that yeah. uh, I want to be able to uh, 
ask you if there's anything else that you want to say about uh, your film or what we've talked about that maybe you haven't or that's come to mind in this moment. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I mean, there's that issue about crews. You know, I um, part, am a part of Women in Film and many different kind of groups that support women. And uh, several of them I've met, women who are um, uh, Marines or ex-Marines. And I'm very impressed by these women. And they chose to join uh, an elite and fought and had the, both the intelligence and the physical strength and stamina and, you know, um, courage, loyalty, and honor to be able to serve at that level in, um, in the Marine Corps. And then they came out of it, and now they want to be uh, in show business. <laughs> right. so it's like, you can do this. If you can do that, you can completely do this. And, um, <laughs> You know, wherever possible, I'm like, let me help you. How can I help you? Because that kind of mentality is not only, you know, will allow them to be able to handle the harder parts of the business, but it's actually something that needs, I think, to be injected into some of the crew uh, um, atmosphere where there's this issue of honor, you know, and what, what we are doing and that what we are creating, even if it's for entertainment's sake, you know, you can look at Black Panther as a great example. That's, been, that's a Marvel comic, right? And you can look at it as like this was made to entertain great, great numbers of people. But it also has enormous depth, and it talks about the issue of honor, and it talks about many different um, important aspects of, of um, society, of what we can be or what we're not, or, you know, um, what it looks like when people are being honorable. And I think that's something that really what I what I truly, truly hope that the Me Too movement and all of this sort of purging of the darkness that has been living in it, uh, in our entertainment and storytelling culture for so long, um, that will be what comes uh, comes to replace it. You know, a conversation about our values and our morals and, you know, further exploration of uh, stories that we haven't heard before and, you know, really lush and rich um uh, conversation that can be had, you know, whether you're making a TV show or an entertaining comic book type film, film or a play, um, you know, those are those are valuable conversations for our culture, I think, right now, and um, and I think that's the direction that we're headed. And it's, interestingly, I think a lot of people um, look at women in particular as being because we're mothers, right? You know, as the nurturers, well, yeah, the nurturer, you know. right. Right, right, and then and men, you know, men are more that. more tribal, and and they gather and they hunt, and they, you know, they're kind of have this straight straight line where women tend to kind of go zigzag across the board, you know. So yeah, those generalities are are often used, and 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 sometimes they're true, and sometimes they're not, you know, different people. Right, are exactly. All over sometimes the, they're not. Yeah, the spectrum, but the part of it that is has truth to it, and that you know, women have a womb and man who comes in a male body does not have a womb and therefore you do not give birth to a child. Right. So that, that aspect of it that informs our experience in this body, you know, does come with a certain kind of, um, and certainly not all women are, are nurturers, but a certain kind of, at least once in your life, you have to think about who you are in relationship to that aspect of being female. And I think that, lends a certain that being the the one that gives birth to life um, uh, lends a certain kind of, of um, at least a moment of thinking um, for a woman that, that has a real positive aspect, um, a strongly positive aspect when it comes to storytelling. Um, because there is nothing wrong with being um, a nurturer and a leader. Like those two things go very well together, actually. Um, to being someone who's giving birth to a uh, an environment, who's giving birth to uh, a community or giving birth to a play um, or, you know, um, a journey that everyone's going to go through together. I mean, it's just a matter of thinking about leadership in a certain way that it's, it's neither one is wrong, right, to be the top-down, like I'm the general, I'm going to tell you what to do, everybody take their place and do what I say, that's certainly fair enough and it's worked and it's, you know, and continues to work in, in all kinds of, you know, organizations and professional environments. But there needs needs to be like a balance. I think there needs to be a balance. And I think that that's what, I think think that's also what I got. 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's what yeah. I got out of that. So, well, um, I um, I want to also touch on um, uh, a few things more directed towards you right now, not necessarily the film, but, um, sure. but I actually, I want to ask this question in your film and some of the little, uh, artistry and the character, uh, the, um, I guess you would call them like the little, um, go going from one, one, uh, director to the other. And there's like these little character, like little scenes with little people on them. Did you draw those? Oh gosh, I wish I had. Um, no, that's the animations are by Javiera or Javiera. I never say it right. Javiera Lopez. She's an animator um, out of Chile um, in South America, and I found her online. I found her on Giphy. I was looking for animators, um, and I found her work, and I just thought it was really uh, evocative and very female uh, in its way, and very sensual and very um, kind of subconscious. Uh, um, you know, yeah, it was really, quality. it was very, refre- yeah, very refreshing and kind of calming and and mm. um, kind of present pulling, you know. And well, mm. because the reason I asked that is because I saw some of your your fun, quirky things that you've done. Because I don't know if many people know that you're also an artist, you're also an author, mm. you're mm. you're you're also oh my gosh, and your songs, the songs you write are just amazing. Thank I you. mean, I I was like. <laughs> Wow, this girl has really got it together. She's balanced. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I started exploring all the different arts. I think to some degree because um, I needed to. I don't know. It's just kind of maybe who I've always been. I've needed to tell stories and, and try telling them in different ways. And what has helped me understand is that all all arts have certain, a certain thing in common at, the, at its very core, you know, this, this need to communicate, this need to express, and the need to be heard and, you know, have that communication received. You know, each, a photograph is a story, a painting is a story, a, you know, collage is a story, a song is a story. Is a song you know, is and a story. Yeah, a song is a story, yeah. Right? So wow, well, we're, so, we're, so, we're yeah. so um grateful that we have you as an artist in this world because you have contributed so many things to humanity and to the arts and the culture and uh to your own family i mean i'm 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 your family must just be so happy and you it looks like it i got a chance to meet your husband last year at the festival real briefly but Mm. i always love when i see couples together because you can tell you know you can tell when people are, are in love and support each other. And he was just so, I could, he was floating around the room, making sure everybody was seated correctly, not correctly, mm. but just wanted everyone to enjoy that, that moment in time with when the, when your film came on the screen. So it was kind yeah. of fun to, to watch all that from afar. So I'm, I'm very lucky in my relationship with John. I mean, we met uh, working on as the world turns and we were playing divorcees. And uh, so we had like a you know, battle it out and then we had a little romance and, and we were really mostly friends for much of that year. And, uh, and then at some point it kind of just became more, we both realized, Hey, there's a real life partner in this other person for me. That, and, um, yeah. And you guys you know, have worked really, together on other projects too. I've, I saw, and that was, that's pretty fun yeah. too, I bet, huh? We're very supportive of each other's work, and I think there's almost no way to live with another person as, as we do. You know, neither one of us has a nine-to-five job. We are um, we work from home a great deal unless we're on a set or, you know, rehearsal hall or something like that. And Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of communication and a lot of, of, of conversation about work and about the work and a lot of support, a lot of support, you know, and we've just made that commitment to, to support each other through thick and thin. And I'm extremely grateful for it because, um, you know, it, it's very hard. I don't think it's possible. I tell him regularly, I say this, nothing I've done in, you know, since we've been together would have been possible if, if I had not had him in my life or his support, you know, it's, it's really one of a, one of a kind guy, you know. Well, that's just so it's it's that's just so wonderful to hear. My husband and I have been together for forty years, and um, mm. I had a chance. We had a business together, and I worked with him for twenty years. And I really, um, it's a challenge to work with your love mate, but it's also very rewarding. And um, I know that it wouldn't have been as successful as it was if we didn't have each other. 
So mm. I really I I like hearing that now because I don't I don't tend to see it so much. I think sometimes mm. I see things, you know, it's back to that loyalty and the values and being humble mm-hmm. and all those things we talked about earlier. Mm. It doesn't just relate to yeah. film, it relates to life. So Yeah. If yeah, we can have that in sure. our life, we're very, we're very blessed. We're very blessed. Mm-hmm. Well, and at the, you know, the core that sticks it all for us, for sure, is communication. You know, we work on that all the time. You know, listening, hearing each other, you know, reflecting what we've heard. That's just um, been the core of what, of what has glued, you know, kept, made them the glue. And, and loving each other, for sure. But, um, and having so much respect, you know. We respect each other deeply, and that's that's part of the two. I, I, you know, that's the part of the honor, you know, honoring and respecting one another. So, yeah. Yeah. You can talk about marriage more anytime you want. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm so, I'm so grateful that you came on. Um, I'm really uh, proud of what my son's created in these uh, podcasts. He, um, I only been involved in a few of them. And, um, when he asked me to do this, I was just so excited because I, it, it, for me, it was like a full circle. I got to meet you last year and I got to watch Mm. a film and I got inspired. And then when he asked Mm -hmm. me if I wanted to do this, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm scared, but I'll, I'll I'll try. And I'm really Mm. proud of that. What I did, I felt like I, uh, I held my own. So um, for sure. But I look forward for sure. to the next time we see each other, and um, I Thank look forward you. to. I don't know if uh, if Miss Susie will be appearing anytime soon. it's always possible. She just springs out every once in a while. It's like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. Like, yeah. I, I tell you, Katie, I just was like, what? And I just couldn't get enough of her. I was laughing. I was just mm. so laughing because it's kind of like. When we talk about voices, sometimes we feel like that we are somewhere we want to be that person. Mm. Oh, you're breaking up a little bit at the end, but I, I did get oh, the gist sorry. of it, so that's yeah. all right. I'm so happy to hear that okay. that um, made you laugh. That's so awesome. Yeah. All the things, that's how I okay. think of Susie. She's all the things I think and don't say. Absolutely. <laughs> it's so hard to have this. This wonderful woman that speaks her truth and speak and inspires others and and you know I hope your accolades continue. I know you're not doing it for the accolades, but you know it's just your work is very appreciated. I want you to know that. So thank you, um, thank you so much. And uh, I, you know I, I hope, hope I, I really see you hope... soon. Thank you, thank you. And just lastly, to touch on this issue of um of, uh, you know, what I hope that women will take away from the film, you know, just to mention that again. And I said, you know, oh, well, think about, you know, your, what you agreed to and maybe disagree with it. Um, and, and, and I think there is a certain kind of letting oneself out of, um, I, I always think of it, you know, you, the, if a lion learns to live in a cage, right, and then you take that cage and you drop it in the jungle and you open up the door, the lion's going to be like, I don't know, man, I'm really cool with inside the cage right now. Um, and so it's, <laughs> right, I've, I've learned this. I understand this. I know how to operate in this. So I would say to women, just be so kind to yourself. Be gentle to yourself. Let, let yours take baby steps if you, you're about to jump into something. Unless you really need to just run and leap and hope the net will appear because that's the way you need to, to, to approach it. Then do that too. Like there's just no wrong. There's no wrong way to create your work. There's no wrong way to have a voice. You know, there's no, unless you're hurting somebody, which I don't think is really anyone's true intention if they're making some kind of piece of yeah. art. Um, yeah, I totally agree. You know, right? There's, there's just, just let yourself very gently have, have the experience, you know? And that's, I think of it like a gift that you're giving to yourself. And, um, and slowly, you know, you'll, you'll grow in courage and you'll grow in ability, um, but it's, you know, sometimes, and sometimes you'll fail. And that's okay, too, you know? Sometimes the right. painting won't be great. And sometimes, you know, maybe something in a film won't be perfect or won't be what you wanted it to be. Make another film. Make another painting. You know, while you're here, mm-hmm. alive, in a body, you know, live, create. I think that's just what we're made for. It's so much yeah. fun, you know? But go gentle. I think that's what I would say. And so if you have one... One word that we can be inspired for the day to move our day on, what would it be? 
Mm, courage. 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 Love it. Take courage. Yeah. Well, my, mine is peace. I wish peace for people. And, and you know, I think sometimes in, when you, you are searching for different things, you, you can just be, like, you, like Katie said, love yourself, take care of yourself. You can find that courage and, and peace that you need mm. or that you want. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's good. I like peace, too. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Katie, so much. You really oh, continue continue to be the flourishing gift that you are with your creativity. It's just so, mm. you're so delightful. And I remember mm. being a young girl um, and uh, watching you on some of your TV shows. And um, I just, I, I, you know, to me, guys, what you what you see on the screen is what you get with Katie. She's like the real deal. <laughs> so just know Thank that. You. Um, no, you really are. Yeah. I just, I, you know, it it takes a lot of. I mean, we just had a really nice conversation, and um, I felt really that you wanted to be in it and you wanted to be there, and that's that's yeah. important when people want to be together mm. and they want to share. So, and that's that's the real yeah. deal. You're not doing this for any other reason other than to be real. No, nope. so thanks. You betcha, absolutely. Okay, My well, aloha, and I guess uh, I don't know if Paul's still around because we're in different states right no, now. Are you there, Paul? I, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. And I just wanted to say thank you to Katie for. Uh, being a part of this episode 275 and as I was sitting here listening and I was thinking these two are after my hosting job Um, (laughs) uh, I've had a few episodes where like I've had to call a guest up and I've been like were you trying to like take all the listeners and like so that was just I was so entertained thank you so much for giving us such a great episode um, Mother and Katie, and the last thing, Katie, that uh, that we always do with guests, um, if you wanted to plug any of your social media uh, before we let you go, so people know how to follow your film and stay in touch with it. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Um, I'm available on Twitter at Katie McLean, C A D Y M C C L A I N, like John McLean and Die Hard, and uh, same on Instagram and. <laughs> Uh, same on Facebook, but if you want to follow the film's journey, which I would really love, especially I think you'd find it interesting if you're in show business. I post a lot of um, opportunities for um, you know grants and articles about things that are going on in the business. Um, that's facebook.com uh, backslash women directors. So um, that is where our Seeing is Believing Women Direct page is at. And um and we would love to have you join. Um, and you can also go to the Seeing is Believing Women Direct.com website. We have a blog there where we feature many women um, who are directors and get to, they get to tell more of their stories, women who aren't in the film. That's just going to be an ongoing um, uh, project for me where I get to show those women, uh, more women and, uh, to the world and let them see that the uh, let the world see these women and get to know a little bit about their work and their journey. And um, I love sharing that. So please, please come check that out if if you're so inclined. Well, thank you so much, Katie, and uh, we really appreciate. And we hope you have a a great, wonderful day. And whatever other projects you have cooking, we wish them the best. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this opportunity to speak with your mom and so glad that we met and so glad we were able to to get here and, and, and have this conversation. I really enjoyed it and I very much appreciate your support of the project. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. You're so welcome, Katie. Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> Aloha. Bye. Aloha. Bye. Thank you so much, son. That was just really, um, that was so much fun. I I, okay, um, no, mo- no mom tears, but yes, I. No. No, yes, it was definitely fun. <laughs> I'm not it, was, mom tears. it was a great episode. No. Um, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I, you know. Go I, ahead. We're still on an episode. We're not having a regular conversation, but go ahead. No, I. No, I understand that. That I understand that part. Um, no, I think this is great because I. I, you know, we could have talked for so much longer, and there's so much more to talk about. But I think that's the most important thing. If I could leave this episode today sharing that um, just we all have journeys and we all have things to contribute. And no matter how big or small you think they are, don't judge your journey. Don't judge your, 
your contribution. Um, do something kind today for someone, and, and especially for yourself. And I just want you to know, son, I really appreciate I think this was a very uh, uh, kind thing you did to share with me because um, I've seen you do this now for the past few years and never really been um, really, really close to what you're to what it, it curtails, but I can understand now uh, your passion about it because it is it is really fulfilling to talk to others, and especially with others pro- other people's projects. So thank you, son, very much. And uh, I know you're very welcome. You, you and Katie totally uh, rocked it, and um, has for these new supporters that are going to hear it. I'm going to close with: we do not say anything that a guest wants to hear. So. The compliments of Katie or the projects um, in Seen is Believing. Uh, Lee Lu is one of the directors. You can see her film, There's a New World Somewhere, on uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, Lisa Link Glader, I pronounced her name wrong. Um, she's directed many episodes of The West Wing. So we're, we're love that, we love that we're here to be able to support these directors that past guests have been on. It's actually how we found out about Katie. So uh, for Talking Pictures, we were so happy to do this. And like we said, we want to support the equality. It's not the us or them. And so thank you, Mom, for doing this. And unless you have anything else to say, I'm going to do my usual close. Do you have anything else you want to? Did you drink water today? Did you drink water yes, today? I drink water. Okay. So <laughs> I love you, son. That, okay. Aloha. Yeah. Bye. Okay. I love you too. Okay. So Bye. you know the deal. Whether it's morning, afternoon, or night, or any other time of day that exists, make sure and watch a good movie. Aloha and heck yeah! Episode two seventy five. Thank you for listening to the Talking Pictures Podcast. Real conversation and movie-induced inspiration.